I learned very early on that by simply following my curiosity, I would find what was best for me. We thought it's time to rethink SaaS buying and make it as easy as buying a Tesla. Just like consumers, corporate buyers want to be able to manage their cash flow. From GGV, this is Founder Real Talk, where we get real about the challenges that founders and startup executives face and how they've grown from tough experiences. I'm your host, Glenn Solomon. Without further ado, here's today's episode. Today on the show, we're bringing you a special salon episode. I'm going to spend the next 15 or 20 minutes asking a founder about the problem they're solving and why now. Today's guest is Sarika Garg, co-founder and CEO of Cashflow, which recently emerged from Stealth to bring buy now, pay later to SaaS. Sarika, welcome to Founder Real Talk. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Glenn. So first, just tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your background and why did you decide to start Cashflow? Sure. So I've always loved the power that technology has to transform business and make lives better. And, you know, I grew up in Africa with almost no role, role models. And so I learned very early on that by simply following my curiosity, I would find what was best for me. And it led me to this pretty fantastic, amazing career of 20 years as an operator in companies like SAP, Ariba, and TradeShift. And I become a board member. I became an angel investor. I mentor many young professionals. But I think mostly I come back to this love of technology. And one of the things that happened to me five years ago when I was at TradeShift is I incubated a virtual card product together with American Express to for employees to be able to uh, buy what they needed to without actually having to go through procurement, POs, invoices. And it showed me the power that if you took fintech and you took business automation and combined them together, you would come up with some very, very interesting new innovations. And I caught the bug, uh, the entrepreneur bug, and I knew it was time for me to start my own company. So that's sort of the, the starting point. Awesome. So you just launched from Stealth. That's awesome. Congrats. Your launch is kind of well-timed. It's Q4. And... You know, it's a huge push for most SaaS and cloud companies to drive revenue this quarter. Tell us a little bit about how Cashflow is aiming to change the traditional sales process for SaaS companies. And why do you think now is the right time for this type of solution? Yeah, companies are buying more and more software today than ever before. And yet the software buying experience is still stuck in the past. It's still like, you know, it feels like you're still buying an ERP system. And we thought it's time to rethink SaaS buying and make it as easy as buying a Tesla, right? So if you think of 20 years ago, one CIO would buy, you know, one or two ERP systems and it was a long drawn out process and that's how it worked. And 20 years from now, every single company and every single department is buying apps in a decentralized way. And so these buyers of apps are, they have operational budgets, they don't have time, they know what they want. They simply want the buyer to get out, the seller to get out of the way so they can actually buy their software. And that's the problem that we are trying to solve. That's awesome. I can tell you at GGV, we have a lot, we've bought a lot of cloud applications. We have a hundred, roughly a hundred employees. We have nearly that many 
cloud subscriptions that I'm aware of. There may be more. So I, I totally buy into that. Tell us a little bit about how you came up with this idea. And you also have a co-founder, Brian. How did you guys meet and what led you to, to join forces? So four years ago, I bought my first Tesla, right? And I experienced the most delightful buying experience of my life, right? And so when Brian and I got together last November and we were, we were thinking about what is a big problem we are trying to solve, we went back to that Tesla experience for inspiration. Brian is an amazing, amazing co-founder. He has been an entrepreneur all his life. He started his first company when he was 21 years old. And he spent a lot of time, he worked at Salesforce for many years, and he talked about how Salesforce was a tool to make salespeople more efficient. And I came from the procurement world, and I knew that procurement tools like SAP, or like Ariba and Cooper were tools to make procurement people more efficient. And we talked about how nobody was thinking about this as a joint problem that needed to be solved in an integrated way. Think of it as Airbnb. Airbnb had to solve the problem of the renter and the rentee to create a magical experience. And we think that a similar thing needs to be done for SaaS buying. So obviously, the buy now, pay later concept has been very successful in the consumer world. Companies like Affirm, which is a GGV portfolio company, Afterpay, Klarna, they've been very successful. But we haven't seen this applied, this concept applied to SaaS. Can you walk us through like what a transaction would look like and how it helps both sides? Conceptually, it's not very different from a B2C buy now, pay later. So just like consumers, corporate buyers want to be able to manage their cash flow, look at how much money they have in their bank account. And like merchants, SaaS companies want to increase their average order value and to sell faster, right? So what does buy now, pay later for SaaS mean? What it means is we help SaaS companies offer a checkout experience where their buyers can have flexible payments, right? So the buyer can choose monthly, quarterly, or even deferred payments and we automate the entire billing money collections and we front that money to the SaaS company upfront. Mm. Is that capital coming from your balance sheet or will you be working with partners or how do you make that happen? We're working with partners to make that happen. Great. Tell us a little bit about which SaaS companies, which cloud companies you're targeting first. Who do you want to talk to? Who, who are the, the right matches, the right fits for this type of solution? Well, we want to talk with founders that want to close more business, right? And so <laughs> that, that's a pretty big universe. <laughs> <laughs> right. And we absolutely want to start with fast growing SaaS companies, mid market companies. But the value propositions which we can offer to them is uh, we can help you increase your sales, your average selling price. We can help you reduce any friction because of back and forth and improve your conversion rates. And I think what's an interesting one is the last one. We can make you more, you're offering more competitive than your competitor, right? One of the things that's sort of not talked about is innovating on pricing and packaging is, is rather cheap and smart way for you to get innovation out. So when we talk to people, that's what they get excited about. Increasing sales, sell more, sell faster, right? And be more competitive. Mm, sell more, sell faster. Sounds like that's going to be of interest to a lot of people. Do you think this is more a solution for SaaS companies that are 
selling to the enterprise or SaaS companies selling to mid-market or SMB? Where do you think you fit? Yeah, we think the, the best place to start, for us to start, we think every company in the world needs it, every SaaS company. But the best place for us to start where we see a lot of pain is when companies are selling to SMBs or when they're selling to mid-markets because these the buyers in that case have real cash flow constraints and they have less time on their hands and they want to move faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, well... You just announced your seed round, which is very exciting, particularly because we're involved. Can you tell us, like, why did you decide to to raise a seed and why did you decide to raise the amount you did? Maybe tell us a little bit about the, the contours of the round and how you built the syndicate and why you decided to do what you did. Yeah, I, th- I think one of the things that Brian and, and I talked about early is we wanted to pick our partners with intention and thoughtfully. Right. So we, we wanted to pick our investors very carefully. So we are very excited, Glenn, that you're leading our round. We're happy that Oren is supporting us. I think we met two years ago and spent an evening talking at the Fortune Tech conference in Aspen. And I knew that you were the right investor to work with and the right partner. Not only are you very successful with your investments, such as a firm, Slack, uh, so many other, HashiCorp, but you're also one of the nicest investors out there in Silicon Valley. And oh, Brian and I... You don't I asked, know me well enough yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think I do. And, and Brian and I are so thankful for the collaboration that we have with you and GGV. Along with GGV, we also have uh, Pelion Ventures and we have 200 plus operators that have joined our round to add value. And they're really all excited about the idea and they, they want to work closely with us. So at the time we were thinking about raising this round, we are in a time in the market where you can raise money rather fast, right? And we really decided that we would go slower and move our process to really bring in thoughtfully some CROs, CFOs, CEOs who believe in our cause. So we have 40 plus really amazing leaders and we have 200 plus women represented by the Natri Futures Fund who bring their expertise to us. That's fantastic. This concept of of bringing in individuals into seed rounds is something that seems to be getting more and more popular for other founders who are thinking about doing something similar. How did how did you go out and make sure you you attracted the right group? Were these all folks you knew beforehand or did you do some networking to find them and any lessons learned through that process? I think you have to look for hubs, right? So people know people. So if you find somebody who's a connector or who represents other people, they bring in more people. Glenn, you helped us to bring some amazing investors, angel investors through the Natri's Future Fund. We brought more investors. But when people believe in the problem that you're solving, they start introducing you to other other experts, other people who will believe. And that's what we saw. We saw this chain reaction happening. And it was very exciting to go through that process. Awesome. Okay, well, now you've launched, you got your money raised. What's on tap? What are like the the next couple of big priorities for you? And also, what are the biggest challenges you're facing? Our biggest priority is to hire to help us build. We have amazing design partners who we are working with. We are looking to bring in talented folks who share our values and to bring them on board so they can help us build the product and to help us build the company. So that's pretty much our biggest priority right now. (laughs) Also a challenge. (laughs) Also a challenge. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yep. We're uh, we're in a tight labor market. You're not the only ones looking for great people, but that makes a lot of sense. Focusing on team building early on. You're obviously female. You're a woman, and you know we've talked about this. You don't see many female founders in the enterprise space. I mean, they're they're a growing number, but it's still a strong minority. Why do you think that's the case? And what do you think we need? We all need to do collectively to change this. So I really believe that many female professionals are ready. They're ready to make the jump, but they're really waiting for the right support system to show up. So it's still somewhat considered risky to start a company. So I personally took, I think, 10 years longer than I should have because it seems safer to have a C-level job than founding a company. But I believe there's a change that is happening right now, right? And I feel it's there's a there is a support system that's emerging in the marketplace, which consists of both men and women, investors and operators that are doing their part to to help these minorities or women founders. Personally, I'm starting this company not from a place of uncertainty or fear at all. I'm starting from a place of conviction, confidence and support. And that's truly an awesome place to be. And I I hope to see many more follow as well, right? Awesome. Well, let me pull on that thread a little further. What's a piece of advice you'd give to aspiring founders who may be unsure or have some trepidation about taking that next step? I go back to how I started the podcast. It's, you know, follow your curiosity, build your conviction, do it for the love of it. It's been the most creative time of my life the last year or so. And I wake up every day excited to see what I'm going to learn every day. And that's following your curiosity. And I hope, you know, anybody listening to this also, you know, agrees that's that's the best way to be, right? Mm. Well, I can say in our short period of time working together, I've seen that curiosity in abundance. One thing that's true about startups is they're never straight lines. Like there's always lots of adjusting. And my partner Hans likes to call it the in-game adjustment. You guys have been amazingly agile, learning from the market, attracting great design partners, listening closely and continuing to hone your solution. And I'm glad that you're waking up every day excited. We are as well. And we're super optimistic and can't wait to see where you and Brian take cash flow. And, and we know that great opportunity lies ahead. So thanks so much for joining us today and really looking forward to future updates, maybe sometime on this podcast. Thank you so much, Glenn. You've been listening to Founder Real Talk. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on the Apple Podcast app to help others find this podcast. If you have any questions you'd like us to ask our guests or founders you'd like to hear on this podcast, feel free to email us at founderrealtalk at ggvc.com. Our theme song is by Grapes. GGV Capital is a global venture capital firm that invests in local founders. As a multi-stage, sector-focused firm, GGV focuses on seed to growth across consumer, social and internet, enterprise cloud, and frontier tech. The firm was founded in 2000 and manages $6.2 billion in capital across 13 funds. Past and present portfolio companies include the likes of Affirm, Airbnb, Alibaba, Didi, Grab, Hellobike, HashiCorp, House, Keep, Namely, New, Opendoor, Peloton, Poshmark, Slack, Square, Wish, and many more. 
The firm has offices in Beijing, San Francisco, Shanghai, and Silicon Valley. Learn more at ggvc.com or follow us on Twitter at, at ggvcapital or ggvcapital on WeChat.